Is it infected? Uh, I don't. Well, it's in my. So it will be. I'm sure. Let sure me it see it. <laughs> oh my God! You didn't have to spread your cheeks. No, but. <laughs> I didn't have to see inside of it. No, but I didn't. That know is that. really bad. That's really bad. Bert, that's really bad. That's really bad. Tops off world tour, March 7th, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Toronto, Ottawa, Kingston. Next week, Erie, Pennsylvania, Fairborn, Ohio, Atlantic City, Salisbury, Maryland. Tops off world tour. Can I tell you, I'm addicted to nicotine. Same. Dude, I went back like two weeks after I gave birth. Fuck, you quit. I quit. I went back two weeks after I was on a work call. Andy walks in. I'm vaping on the kitchen floor. How great I just, is it? I heard him go, are you fucking serious? And I ran into our bedroom and slammed the door. I didn't even know what to do. I was like caught. So wait, how hard was it quitting? Qu- quitting nicotine. I've quit. I've quit. I've quit a lot. Xanax was tough to quit. How many different things do you have? Uh, well, this, these are oxys. Um, no, no, this is, I would love to get them as a sponsor. It's a company called happy head. Uh huh. And, uh, they do, I've been on Rogaine for, since I was 22 years old. Uh huh. And so, and I just saw a dude with more hair that didn't have hair. And I said, what's up? And he goes, try happy head. It is, I think it is, I can't read, but it's, it's like, I think it's a combo. You don't think two. he got transplants though? No, dude, transplants fucking work. They really work. They really your Andy husband got him. got him. Andy got him. His hair looks great. I know. Well, he's going to get bald? another one. Could you love him bald? No. <laughs> Can I tell you? Can I tell you, Leah? Not as much. <laughs> I'll say not as much. I want... Tom is a more attractive person without hair. Segura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's he certain was, guys that it works for. But yeah. if you have a thin face, you can't be bald. And then you do. they do this thing. Bald guys do this thing. They think they're fooling us. Yeah. Where they decide to be the glasses guy. Right. Yes. Don't, don't ever make me the glasses. <laughs> if I go bald, I'm just going fucking bald. They do Tom do bought, that. You know, you know his, they're not even prescription. They're just transition lenses. Really? So that he can have sunglasses. He doesn't. Even, they're not even prescription. <laughs> Tom is such a fucking house of cards. You if and you Tom could, are fucking sisters. <laughs> I just need you to know. You and Tom. You you talk about Tom the way I talk about my sisters. <laughs> I never had a brother. <laughs> she thinks she's fucking fooling people with those glasses. She is not. Okay, can I just say one thing? She's not fooling anybody. He puts lifts in his shoes. <laughs> Shut so up. Because, no, we did his first sober October. Ari wanted to measure him. F- yeah. Tom's 5'10". Yeah. No one wants to be 5'10". I don't understand why 5'10 is such a fucking curse. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I'm 6'1", so I know what it feels like to be a giant. Yeah. But, like, when you hang out with a dude who's 6'5". A giant and a winner. A giant and a winner. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my body is so much better than his. It is. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even joking. Yeah. So my body, it it... You just had a baby, you know. Yeah. It did. How did? How does your body rebounding? Incredibly. We got great genetics. We got great genetics. Yeah. Well, I think you and I are both. I'm mostly muscle. Like I put on muscle really, really fast, and but I also retain fluid like a waterlogged pig. Wow. It's crazy. I feel like I'm talking to a mirror right now. During fully loaded, my ankles were so bloated. I. You and I had the same ankles yes. during yes. fully loaded. Yes. I was in my third trimester by the end of that tour. I was, I was 275 pounds. I was 170. Are you serious? I swear to God. You were 170? I was 170 pounds when I fucking... Well, I, where's my fucking phone? Can I grab my phone? Yeah, oh, wait, it's course. right here. Yeah. Um, I need to show you a picture that is the 
most horrifying thing I've ever seen of myself. It's my knees had cellulite, Bert. Your knees? My knees. I didn't even know that was like allowed to happen. Did when you bent, could you feel the tightness of the skin? Yes. I've been there. Where it's like you're gonna bust out of your own suit. Right now, I can't believe that my ankles were ever when we did the beer olympics me and shane gillis did the beer olympics yeah i would lay down and put my feet on the wall because they were so filled with fluid yeah yeah and i think that's i think that is the i think that's really unhealthy it's yeah it's really bad yeah (laughs) it's really bad i'm gonna this is so this is a really horrifying picture but look (sighs) at this oh my god that's you this is me oh hold on let me see this I'm getting my glasses. Did you think it was you? No, I thought it was something you find on the internet. <laughs> oh my God. No, you'll never find that on the internet. I Can I tell you, and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm saying this, but you know my wife, you know my daughters. Yeah. I think you look hot. That's insane. No, I, I'm really attracted to pregnant women. That's not like, that. When Leanne was pregnant, no, no. I, there no, is Le- a- I've seen Leanne pregnant. Leanne looked gorgeous pregnant. I looked like Bob's big boy. Your knees, your knees. My knee. Did you, you zoom double, in? You have double knees. Did you, you zoom in? Double, I have four you have a, knees. You have double knees. <laughs> it's crazy, Bert. I think you looked hot. That's I, fucking I, insane. I, but you're don't lie to my face. No, 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 this no. Is, I Leanne knows I, I was more attracted to Leanne pregnant. I think Andy was more attracted, but it was because I was weak. <laughs> That's what it was. He wanted to see me weak. Yeah. Like he was like, oh, this is nice. She's very soft and and needs me more. I remember the first time we had sex. Leanne was like, I guess you can't say this anymore, but I said it then. It was 20 years ago uh-huh. when she was pregnant with Georgia. We had sex. She goes, you know, we have to do this different. And I was like, you don't think I fucked a fat chick? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking, I know what we're doing. Lay on your side. I'll get behind you. I got yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get on top. We know why you're it not was, getting on did top. Did she get crazy? Like, was she crazy horny during her pregnancy? No. Oh, no. And that's my first question. How soon from giving birth did you have sex? Um, we literally just did like two weeks ago. Uh, that's grounds for divorce. I know. That's, that's, uh, you know, I, but I, I, said I, to Leanne, I, physi- I said, I had a C-section. I wasn't like allowed. Oh, I wasn't oh, allowed. Oh yeah. Well, Leanne was just a pussy. <laughs> she, all she did was tear. Oh my God. <laughs> all she did was tear. <laughs> I mean like old school, like frontier birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, she got the old episiotomy. I, I, I was, yeah, yeah. I, t- I did a joke about that. Did they? Did she ask them to? I was just at Whitney's, and she was like, she said she she told them not to be a feminist about it when they were like sewing up her. Oh, <laughs> she goes, don't be a feminist about. I this. said my joke was he said a piece. I didn't know what an episiotomy was. Yeah, I thought we were ordering Italian. Food. <laughs> yeah, <And> so <laughs> you're like, oh, pasta. I was like, ooh, <laughs> and then he pulled out scissors, and I swear to God, I yeah. swear to God, I thought he was going to cut a lock of George's hair. I, th- I don't know why. I just because they're scissors. They're real scissors. That Are, they aren't use. they like cartoon looking? They're, though they're they're the kind. I mean, this is my recollection, but they're the kind that are real long here and then turn. Okay. And yeah. So, uh, and he pulled out a pair of scissors, and mm-hmm. I thought he was going to cut George's hair, and he just went, and I said he turned her taint into a tizzent. Oh my god! And it and it 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 opened up like a fucking turkey. It oh looked, my and I God. said, I said it looked like a shark's mouth, like just wide. <laughs> and I and I remember seeing that and being like, "Holy fuck!" It just got very real. And then Georgia came out immediately, like just yeah. Like Georgia had a big head. Yeah. Um, 
God damn. And then the Leanne's, by the way, you'll, if you do Leanne's podcast today, you'll talk about all this because yeah. she, uh, ask her, her, her post pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, like meaning like postpartum. No, 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 no. Right after, right after she gave birth. Yeah. They gave me the baby, Georgia. And I was, I, I have a, I have a large wake. So I send a steel thunder. Mm-hmm. I created an energy where the anesthesiologist had my camera. He was taking pictures of me with the baby with a scar in my mouth, I think. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's pictures. We have the pictures. And then I took the everyone out of the room. And the woman just fucking turned the lights off. And left Leanne in there. For like an hour. What? Yeah. Are you in, serious? In the dark. And there was a shift change. And they left her there for an hour. Oh. She was shivering in a puddle of shit and piss. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'd sue now. Oh, she was. We didn't find out until we're all in the room, Leanne's room with Georgia. My parents were in there. My sisters were in there. And they're like, where's Leanne? I was like, I don't know. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. That's... And then, and then, and then do, will you have another one, do you think? I don't think so. You think you're done? I think I'm done. That Why? was by the end of that, Bert, I wanted to fucking die. <laughs> I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to my body, to my, like, my life force. I feel like I hate being pregnant so much. Yeah. And everybody that I've talked to is like, you completely forget about it the second they're here. That is a load of horseshit. <laughs> like, I'm like, if you forgot about it the second they got here, your pregnancy was a fucking breeze. Oh, Leanne's pregnancy with Georgia. I, I don't know. Isla was just a fucking, Isla was a fucking cunt. Yeah. Like everything yeah. Isla did fucked up our family. Like yeah. everything yeah. from ju- just her presence. Her presence still is a pain in our ass. Yes. Even like, even like, even like. You, you like, I remember you like filming your family, like running on the beach. And then the, the next shot is Isla. I was just getting fucking wiped out by this wave. That child. That has, made me laugh so hard. She has made me so much money. She has made me so much money that, I mean, that kid just exists. And and I, 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 Russell, Russell Howard Mm -hmm. is the one who pointed it out because I I sometimes would feel guilty that everything I, everything was about Isla. Yeah. Cause, but she was such a different thing than anyone. I mean, to this day, the littlest thing she does is so different than everyone. Yeah. But it, I never really picked up on it. It's funny that Leanne and Georgia picked up on it. Mm-hmm. And Georgia, uh, Russell Howard pointed this out, is my Jiminy Cricket. She's the one who, I, when Isla does something, Georgia's eyes to me, and it's like when you talk about you and your sisters, when you yeah. have like an inside joke with someone, yeah. Georgia's eyes just like, like, yeah. are you watching this? Yeah, yeah. Like, Dad, this is the thing we fucking wait for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 but that fucking kid. She's, she's so she's, funny. <sighs> I was so funny. Yeah. She's just different. Yeah. She's just, uh, it's, she's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. And it's like, you I hope know. you get that as, for a kid, but then to deal with it is so frustrating. Like yeah. I remember, I remember there was this little girl, I won't say her name only cause I don't know. I want to, she's a woman now. Yeah. But she was so fucking funny when we were kids. You remember those kids that were like, you'd go to someone else's house and their youngest was just a fucking wild card? Yes, my sister's like that. Really? My sister Jackie will walk up to me while I'm eating breakfast. 
I remember this was like back in the day when we were all in the same house. She would walk up to me. I'd be like eating cereal and she'd be like, hey, does this mole look weird? And it would be her full twat. <laughs> I'd be staring down the barrel of her vagina. And she's pointing to a mole, but I'm not looking at that. And now I'm like, I can't even look at my fucking Cheerios. I'm looking, I'm like, all I see is your hole. Like, I'm like, this is, and she didn't think it was funny at all. She just thought, she's yeah. just like, this is like funny. Or, How this many is girls? like, this, I need to know if this mole is concerning. How many girls were in your family? Um, it was five, five of us. And then my sister passed away. So there's okay. four of us. God, five would be fucking fun. Six would be five. Four. It's not. I, really? It's not. No. You, have you ever seen the housewives, the real housewives? Wait, was Every there drama? Every fucking dinner was like that. Really? Every dinner ended with somebody screaming, I hope you die. Like it was, <laughs> it was really bad. It was like, do not have that many kids. It's crazy. To so do. is that why you just want to have one? I think partially. Yes. That's, that's part of it. Yeah. Another reason is like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford it to have two. I, I'm like, I just- What are you talking about? I'm scared to like have two. And then like, what if something- you, do you know make, this, How much money do you make? <laughs> do you make, like I, I, like, I don't know. I'm not really good with money. Like, I remember what I did make. Even when I was on Travel Channel, I was making a very good living. Yeah. But I was really earning it. Like, I was really working for it. I've always right. felt like I had to earn my money. Like, I, I, even if when I make a lot of money, I'm still touring more than any uh, yeah. comic you out like there. Yeah, you like work for I, your money. I work for my money. Yeah. I, it's so funny. I watched uh, it's not, it's, uh, the Cats Williams shit went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just curious how much money he makes. Yeah. He I, he makes a ton of fucking money on the road. Yeah. For the limited amount of shows he does. Yeah. He does maybe 17 shows a year. Yeah. But he brings in like $12 million. I literally just told my driver to watch that. I was like, you got to see this interview. Oh, fucking. <laughs> so you know what's crazy? Funny. I go to... Um, 3,000 books a year, by the way, is 8.2 books a day. I took out a calendar, it's, a calculator. Well, you, well, we did it in the fucking car. Yeah. It's four pages a minute, and you got to read for 10 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read for 10. I was laughing. You have to be on a tear. I was laughing so hard, too, at Netflix or Tubi. Uh, when he... The, I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I loved that interview. He's, and then they just posted a video of him rubbing, running a sub 4540. He just, they just posted the video of him. He actually ran a sub. See, here's the thing with I Cat don't even Williams. know what that is. I'm going to be a 40, 40 yard dash. Okay. The world record is 4.2 seconds. He ran it in like 4.4 seconds. Damn. Which is really fucking fast. Yeah. Which is crazy fast. Here's the thing. I can't tell what the... I, it's like with uh, Brody or yeah. with Theo. You mm -hmm. don't know when they're joking or not sometimes. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Which is the most fun about it. Right. Is like, I don't... Sometimes with Theo tells a story, I can't tell if he's being serious or not. Yeah. And 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 that is... You're stuck in the back going like, all right, <laughs> am I part of the bit? Right, yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. Brody was like that. Yeah. I couldn't tell if Brody was fucking around or not. Yeah. I can't tell if Kat's fucking around when he says these crazy things. I honestly, I was thinking about that and I was like, I don't think it matters. I think if I start getting into that, I'm not going to enjoy this as much as I'm enjoying it. It was, and by the way, I, 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 I can't co-sign on any of his facts because I don't know them. Yeah. Right. I don't know them. Those were his experiences. Yeah. There's parallel thinking. It's, you know, whatever. I don't know who are thieves or not. Yeah. The Kevin Hart stuff, I, I, I'm, I love Kevin. I yeah. really do love Kevin. I yeah. think he's. I think he's so enjoyable as a person. Right. I'm bummed that they hate each other. I think this lines up a great fucking buddy comedy. I know it does. It really. I does. I would love to see a movie with Kevin William, Kevin Hart and Cat Williams. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, 
But the one thing... It would be oh, so it? funny if that's what came out of this interview. It's a buddy comedy. <laughs> it would be the biggest. It would be the biggest movie. And you know, Kevin's big enough to think past these emotions. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've been attacking Kevin his whole career. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't even make a dent for Kevin. I think he's like, you know, what's he's not worried about it. It's he can't. Right. It's but um the one thing I what was the I kept I I there was one thing that I go that I was like. I fuck. I Here's the thing. What I what what I enjoyed about the interview was just that it felt like it felt like old and new at this. Like I, it's not my generation of comics. So really? I was watching it. No, not oh, really. They're mine. I mean, they're, they're mine. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was watching it and I was like, I can enjoy this because it's not about us. Like uh, we can just enjoy it. I was for enjoying it until sake. they were like, until they were like. Rogan has the six friends that aren't funny as fuck on. And I was like, shit. Oh, I, shit. I texted the six people he's talking about. I didn't about. even know he went after the white guys. <laughs> I was like, me, Shane Gillis, Ari, <laughs> Mark Norman, Tom Segura, Brian Callen. I didn't I was know like, he... guys, who's, which of us isn't in the six? At what, at what point does he get into the white guys? He didn't. That's not how it. I mean, that's not the. There's no. Uh, was that like hour four? I don't. There's no uh, residual income on attacking white guys. Yeah. So the, the income is just going after black dudes. Like that's because it's like fan base. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's a, it, it all comes down to the fan base. They all kind of share the same. Kevin's fan base is way broader, I think. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, Cats, I've watched all of Cat specials. Same. I love Cat Williams. He's so fucking funny. He's so funny even when he's being serious. I he, know. I'm like, the just the way he, even just the way he says to be, I could listen to over and over. When he says to Shannon, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. When he, <laughs> yeah. I love when he, by the way, I have a, I have a list of private Cat Williams stories that I treasure. I, yeah. I tell secrets all the time yeah. that I treasure that were given to me by one of his best friends. Yeah. Because I'm friends with one of his best friends. I'm really close with one of his best friends. And all I ever did was I won every Cat Williams story. Yeah. And I will tell you, a lot of Cat Williams stories ends with him giving someone $5,000 cash. <laughs> he gives, Specifically $5,000? everyone $5,000. Damn. He gives away $5,000 like, like Tom buys fake glasses. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Cat Williams is just... And here's the thing, though. So comics are so unoriginal that... Now, the new thing, and I'm mm -hmm. telling you it's coming, is trash casts. Yeah. Where people go in and just trash people. Yeah. And the, and it kind of stinks. I can't, I, I mean, I Well, you're not I that kind of, you're not that kind of guy. Like, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? There's a lot of comics that I think are really funny when they're being mean. I will yes. say, they're really funny Jessalyn when they're- really good, and so is Tosh. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's their gift. There's- the problem is that there's going to be comics that aren't really funny, mean, and yeah. they'll be trying to do it, and it won't work because yeah. they're more mean than funny, you know? Oh, oh it, with, but all people really want is mean. Yeah. It's mean. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Here's the thing. I had this thought the other day. What, do you, what are you saying when you say all people want is mean? Like, what do you mean by that? I think that's what pays in the internet. It's hard to positivity doesn't really work on the internet oh yeah yeah yeah. like it's and by the way i gotta be honest with you negative comments they only are, help and they're so funny yeah some are so fucking good yeah some are so good like i, I i've gotten into I, I don't read my comments i don't even read comics comments anymore yeah but i'll read uh 
I'll read like for random things of yeah. just like where you go, oh, this is going to get backlash of yeah. just of just someone. Being, I'll just go into the comment section. And negative comments are are the funniest out yeah. of all of them. Absolutely. Even some of mine have been. There was, I'll never, the reason I grew my bangs out is because somebody, I had shorter bangs and somebody was like, she has the same haircut as a retarded kid I went to school with. <laughs> and I was like, I have to fix this. I have to fix this right now. <laughs> like there's, there's negative comments that have changed the course of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you deal with, you're in therapy? Yeah. Do you deal with like depression and stuff? I don't know. I don't, I can't ever tell if it. I don't know if I'm depressed. I think. I've never really looked into that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have depression. I've been like in therapy for people. ten years, but I don't feel like I'm a depressive. I think, I think if anything, I I like am dissociative. Did you? How old were you when your sister passed? I was seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I was depressed after that for yeah, sure. But that's not depression. That's my sister died. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but there's some people that don't like. They don't rebound out of that. Like that becomes Got their it. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then that's their level for the rest of their lives. And like, I know, I know, uh, I know. A, Damn, I just realized I was like, oh, maybe that is me. Well, <laughs> you I, just I, said that and I was like, oop. <laughs> I have times, I have times where I feel like I should be happier. Yeah. Like, uh, we were talking about drinking earlier. Mm -hmm. I drank once this week and I didn't, I didn't want to. Yeah. But I did because it was a party night and we right. were going to see the Eagles and I was like, fuck yeah, cold yeah. beers couple cocktails, vape pen. That'll be a fucking blast. I got way too fucked up. And <laughs> yeah. I did. I really did. I got so, and I was in cowboy boots, so I couldn't stand very well. No. <laughs> and I was like really off balance. And luckily it's the Eagles. You were in heels. I was in heels. <laughs> yeah. Luckily the Eagles have a policy about not standing at their shows because yeah. everyone's got new hips. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't stand, which was actually pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. But I was fucking wasted. And the next day, and I, I, I've noticed this, I've been able to, uh, uh, identify joy when I'm sober, like mm -hmm. real joy. Yeah, and I can see it, and I can feel it, and I my my I feel good. Yeah, and the next day it was windy. It's my favorite weather in LA. It was windy and cold, and I had to go pick up Isla at a friend's house, like 25 minutes away. Yeah, and I couldn't. I wasn't getting the joy. It was like I was like going, oh, it's it's because I'm hungover. Like I can't. I should be very very happy right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm people don't I'm think about how alcohol is like a real depressant. Like it's really it depresses you until it hits your system. Until it hits your system, and then God. you're like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's so good. Like no, I, I the first time I drank, I was like, this is what I I was put here to do. Wait, what was the? Tell me about the first time you drank. The first time I drank, I was like, I was older. I was seventeen. Uh -huh. My mom had gotten sober like a couple years before that, really? right? Because my mom was in a, a drunk driving accident with me and my sister in the car. And my mom got sober and she's been sober ever since. Really? So my mom Is this was back like, when they took your kids away because of that? No. Uh, we had money. They don't yeah. take your kids away. Um, <laughs> what kind of car was it? <laughs> it was a Suburban. Ooh, it was a Suburban. Nice. But, which is not a money car, but it's- um, but It she is was when like, you have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> True. So- she got sober and I knew that I was like maybe an alcoholic kind of tangentially because I was like hearing about alcoholics like um, heads, like how our brains work. And, you know, I was like, oh, it made me think about like when I was a kid, I used to like hide like uh, Jiffy, like that fucking that marshmallow fluff under yeah. my bed. And I'd be out with my friends 
hanging out with them, thinking about going home to eat my my fucking marshmallow fluff alone. Like really? that's like I would be. I couldn't be present thinking about what I could go home to do in private. You know what I mean? So I always had this kind of like awareness that my brain was an addict's brain. Yeah. Just from learning about it through what I'd overheard her talk about. And she was never evangelist about it. She never like was like, you might be the, you know, she never said that. What was your mom like drinking? I don't really remember because I was like, I never drank so I didn't it never like registered to me I remember seeing my mom puking in a toilet one time and going oh man I think she's bulimic that's crazy like I didn't <laughs> I like had no idea like even when she was like drunk driving I was like this woman is tired she has way too many kids like that <laughs> I did not it never occurred to me that she was drunk and yeah. I was in eighth grade I was way too old to like not be noticing that she was drunk. Yeah. But that's like how innocent I was. I you wish know? my kids were that innocent. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, <laughs> But anyway, so then she, what was I talking about? So she like quit drinking. And then when I first drank, it, I was 17 and I- Where were you? I was at my friend's house, my yeah. friend Suzanne's house. She had a pit bull who was locked upstairs because this pit bull had literally bitten this guy's balls off a oh year prior. I don't know how it was still alive. The, the pit bull was upstairs and we were all under like strict, like do not go upstairs mm -hmm. rules. Um, but there was an opening from upstairs to the backyard. Yeah. So I drank so much that I fully passed out, puked in the backyard, had puked up food that I, th I think I'd eaten like three days earlier. And I woke up with this pit bull eating my barf. <laughs> in her backyard. And I swear to God, I was like, I got to do that again. That was my <laughs> first real? thought was like, that was fucking amazing. I was like, that was the greatest night of my life. I thought I was in a movie. <sighs> I felt like I was in my own movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like so comfortable in my own skin. And I was like, I never felt this. I had never felt freedom from that. Like, do I fit here? Do, am I my, can I be myself? Is this okay? All of that was gone. And I was like, this is how I want to feel. This is how I'm supposed to feel. Really? Because it is how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. But I just had no way of getting to that without alcohol. Like alcohol let me feel confident for a second yeah. before I'd ever had a chance to build it myself. That's you know interesting. what I mean? I wanted to be cool. Yeah. And so cool was my, like, because I was, I, I was cool but I wasn't confident in my coolness. Yeah. Like I was cool in seventh grade and, and I, I, like all growing up, I was cool. And then when I saw cool kids, like high school kids and yeah. like kids and you'd hear stories about, oh my God, Hartley Watson got so drunk last night. She, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. And so I wanted to be cool and I fake drank. A this is so the birdest thing ever. This is like, if you want to get down to like whittling who I am. Yeah. I this fake drank. I fake drank more than I drank. <laughs> like I would fake drink. So I didn't like the feel. I, I was afraid of getting drunk. Yeah. So I would, I would fake drink. I would fake smoke pot, like yeah. fake smoke pot, like take it and not inhale. Yeah. And because I liked being around those people. Yeah. And I felt like they were cool, and I wanted to be cool. Yeah. And then, but I didn't want to lose. Yeah, I get it with the smoking pot because I didn't want to lose control of my own mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and when I did lose control, by the way, I found a real workaround for that. 
Because I'm smoking a lot of pot now. Yeah. I smoked pot last night and I get, sometimes I'll have a panic attack. Dan Soder changed my game. I called him New Year's Day. Yeah. I called him New Year's Day and thanked him for the gift of marijuana. Yes. Yeah. Because we did a podcast in here. And I said, I knew I wanted to party with him. Yeah. I knew he was going to smoke pot. So I was like, and I hadn't drank in like maybe a month. Yeah. And he said, I said, well, I'm going to drink tonight. It's been a month, 40 days. I'm going to drink with Dan and, and I'll smoke weed with him. Yeah. And he was like, well, you don't have to drink. You just smoke weed. And I go, I don't, I don't I just, I drink if I smoke weed. Yeah. And he goes, well, you can just do weed by itself. And I was like, I, I think I'll freak out. And he goes, well, hold on. You've already admitted you're going to drink. So start with weed. And if you need a drink, Get a drink, but if you don't, see if the weed will work. I just smoked pot, mm-hmm. and I had so much fun. And then when we did Red Rocks, I was down by the river in Colorado, smoking a joint in the morning with Dan Soder. I think we'd just done the show the night before. Yeah. He was getting ready to leave, and I had a panic attack. And I said, what What do you do when you get scared? And Dan just, in typical Dan Soder fashion, goes, oh, sometimes we all get scared. That's part of it. Yeah. You guys got to realize that comes with the good stuff. Yeah. Let yourself get scared and realize I get scared too. So does Big J. We all get scared. Yeah. And it took away my fear of being scared on weed. And now the biggest thing I'd have a fear of is when I got too high and I got in bed and my brain would think crazy thoughts. Yeah. And I realized that's also what happens when you start to fall asleep. When you start to fall asleep and you're like, all right, I got a busy day. I got to do a lot of stuff to do. I got to put. The what if fl- I fall out of a plane one time? <laughs> yeah, or, you, or you, uh, my, my one was always my brain would go. We got to put flippers on the dogs. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and then now, when I think crazy thoughts when I lay in bed, I go, oh, that's my mind getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not afraid of them. Oh, I got to hit a horse with a shovel, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so like I, and so now I just embrace the crazy thoughts, and then realize. Yeah. That's just the drug. Yeah. And this drug's giving me so many good times. I got to let it give me the bad times. Yeah. It's like, it's a ride. It's yeah. like any time that you've done much. Have you done mushrooms? Yes. Yeah. So it's like mushrooms. Yeah. Or anything. I never did enough mushrooms to like fucking lose my shit. Yeah. So I was always scared of them. Right. So I always took like a cap, two caps. Yeah. Waited, took another cap, like waited a yeah. very healthy amount of time. Yeah. Never too late. Never like two in the morning. Yeah. I was always very respectful of that drug. But the first time I got drunk, we were in Alan Rieger's uh, house, and his mom caught us. And I, this is the feeling I remember distinctly. She emptied a bunch of natty lights yeah. onto the table, and me, Cayman, and Alan were sitting there. And she goes, can you boys explain this? And I felt alcohol in my system, and alcohol said to me, we don't need to. Let's just ride this sparkle. Yeah. And I went... <laughs> That's the best thing about alcohol. It's yeah. it's really like whatever the fuck it's it whatever gets in the way of your brain. Yeah. You just go like, I'm just going to say fuck that. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Like I that's what I loved about it is that I could if I was drunk, I would fucking rollerblade down the middle of Times Square just fucking hitting bars like drinking and going directly into traffic and being like, "Hit me." Yeah. I'm going to fucking bounce off your car. <laughs> Nothing's going to hurt. Like, I, that's how I felt. I was like, I'm not going to die. I'm never going to die. That's how it, it made me feel. Like, it was better than any drug I'd ever done. And to sit, like, off of what you were saying about, like, when you smoke weed and you, like, go, like, everybody gets scared. Like, yeah. I had to learn how to do that sober because I was a fucking weed addict. Then I got into alcohol. So really? both of them were, for me— I'm across the board, like, 
I just love all of it. Like anything that'll get me out of my fucking. So I had to learn sober to do the same thing that you do high, yeah. where I was like, oh, um, this is just my brain. This is just part of being alive. This is how it is. Yeah. Like you have moments where you're fucking, you feel shitty and you have moments where you feel really fucking good and you don't get to control which ones come and where they're, when they're going to come and you just kind of ride it out. Like that, that was kind of the same thing that I learned how to do when I got sober. Sober brain's tough. It's not though. Not it's, once you've, it's, as tough as day one and day, day day one and day two of sober are probably the toughest. The day one is the hardest day of sober. Yeah. Day one is the day. That's the I thing. I think day two is actually tougher because day one, you're like, you're still kind of hungover. Oh, yeah. But that that creepiness of hangover. Yeah. Like I had it, what, two days ago? Was it? No, was it? It was yesterday. Okay. We drank Saturday. Yeah. We drank Saturday. Yesterday, I was like. I was like, uh, I want, I do things now to to force myself not to drink because mm -hmm. I go, I don't want to drink this week. So then I go, I'll start, I'll do a 6 a.m. workout. Yeah. And so I know I won't drink, so I want to work out yeah. and I want to be hungover. But um, yesterday I was like, I don't want to drink today. And I did a, I did an early workout. I picked up Isla, did an early workout. And then I was like, and I, but it never showed up. It never, it, I was I wasn't hungover enough, I guess. Yeah. So it never showed up. And then I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to make some food. I'm going to fuck around the house. I'm going to just kind of like, and Leanne was doing like a CPR class for some fucking reason. <laughs> so she was gone for like four hours. Yeah. I fell off the bed during sex. It was bad. <laughs> I fell off the bed so bad during sex. And I landed on a razor blade and I cut my ass so bad. We thought we were going to have to go to the hospital. What? Yeah. Is it, it was, bad? It's bad. There's still a, a cut on it. Pretty bad. It hurts to sit. Is it infected? Uh, I don't. Well, it's in my ass, so it will be. I'm sure. It, I'm Let sure me it see it. Be. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this. Now, through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1. 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfer is subject to its specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. I first gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking so many supplements every day and wanted a single solution that supported my entire body. Since drinking AG1 daily, I feel energized and way more nourished. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop, mix it in water once a day, every day. And I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high-quality nutrition because every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know it's safe. 
I, I, I always go back to this. Look, Leanne takes AG1 every single morning. I watch her take it. She loves it. But I remember this one episode that Rogan did when he was with Andrew Schultz. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't an ad. He just casually said, yeah, man, I flew all night. It's been a long morning, but I just took my AG1. I feel so much better. I mean, I'm telling you, that's all I needed to hear to put it on our tour bus and have it every single morning. The first thing when I wake up, AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash Burt. That's drinkag1.com slash Burt. Check it out. Is it infected? Uh, I don't, well, it's in my ass, so it, Will be. I'm sure. I'm Let sure me it see it. <laughs> oh my God! You didn't have to spread your cheeks. No, but <laughs> I didn't have to see inside of it. No, but I didn't. That know. is really bad. That's really bad, Bert. That's really bad. That's really bad. Did you put hydrogen peroxide on that? Neosporin. Okay, good. Because it looks like you poured something <laughs> antiseptic that's too powerful into it. It was so bad I didn't have an orgasm. Oh, my God. I, we just stopped. We just stopped and took care of the wound. <laughs> it was bad. That's love. That was love. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I don't... I, I really... I think I'm married enough to say that that's really romantic. I, it was very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you spread your cheeks. Well, I wanted you to see it was in I, the crack. No, I it's saw it. Crack. I saw it. It's not in the crack. <laughs> I just need you to know it's a little far... It's a little far right of the crack. <laughs> I fucking thought I broke my tailbone. I was down for a fucking count. I was like... I was like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a crazy story? Like when Andy and I tried to fuck at the end of my pregnancy, right? Which was like... He, I could tell he was like gross. Like I knew he didn't want to do it. And I was like, I need. Wait, is he, how much does he weigh? He, I, like probably like 180. <laughs> on, but he gained weight. I think he, he had like 200 when yeah. I was pregnant. Yeah. But like he started my pregnancy off at the weight that I was when I ended it. Okay. So like, <laughs> so he's like looking at me and he was like, ugh, I don't want to, you look like a patient. Like, I don't want to fuck you. You look sick. And I, I was like, I need this baby to come. So yeah. let's fucking do it. Cause that start, that, that can start labor sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So that's what the doctor said. And I was like, she said that to us, to our faces. So I was like, okay. Let's just try this. <laughs> we fucked, Both, we, we didn't, fucked like a Guatemalan we, couple yeah, we when, when Leanne was about to give birth because it was spicy food and sex. We were like a young Guatemalan couple just, just fucking farting eating, and eating hot salsa every yes. fucking night and then fucking. <laughs> farting on top of each other. It was disgusting. I mean, it was the worst sex. He would sit here right next to me and be like, you were hideous. I don't. <laughs> I didn't want any part of it, but I love you. So I was yeah. going to take one for the team. So we start fucking. I, I had a vibrator. My vibrator fucking runs out of batteries in the middle of us fucking. He had already come. I was like trying to and the vibrator dies and then I try to turn it back on and I'm, I lost my, or I was just like, it's gone. I threw the vibrator so hard into the wall that it shattered into three pieces. Picture my picture. I was like, fuck God. I was so mad oh. because when you're at the end of your pregnancy, you get so horny 
Yeah. But no, but you're the least fuckable you've ever been. It's, <laughs> That's how my whole life's felt. That's <laughs> <laughs> college. Yes. It was brutal. It was brutal. I said, I was like, I feel a new, I feel a genuine like um, understanding of like, I, I'm a fat man for the first time <laughs> as a pregnant woman. What? You know? What? Uh, That's fucking hilarious. What? Uh, I don't know where to go from ass <laughs> cheeks to vibrators going against the wall. <laughs> I think we got it, guys. No. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. What? Um, did... And then when we went guys, from sobriety to asshole to to vibrator. I'm obsessed really with sobriety. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Like yeah, because uh, I like sobriety, sobriety, or just like no, 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 being just being sober, not like, yeah. uh, but not, but like enjoying soberness as much as I enjoyed alcohol. Yeah. So like doing that, that like two wings of the bird. Yeah. Like I've really enjoyed it, and I look forward to times of being sober. Mm -hmm. And it, and I never did that before. I never did that. I always wanted the escape. Yeah. I oh, and I, I always wanted the party to keep going. I did too. And I I feel like there's. I mean, I don't talk about this that often because I end up sounding like evangelical. But I fucking love my life sober. Like I really do. And yeah. I feel like I have experienced every single moment of my life, like mm -hmm. in a way that. Not everybody gets to do it, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, even the parts where I've been in places where that are, I'm like having the greatest time and I feel nothing. And I'm like, well, I didn't think I would feel this way, but this is where I'm at. And this is what it is for me right now. And then in retrospect, I, I go back and I go like, that was actually so great that I couldn't, because I was sober, I was like, I, I couldn't quite grasp it at the moment. Yeah. But like when I did that fucking Netflix thing and I met David Letterman mm -hmm. and I got on the plane that night, I was like crying on the plane because yeah. I was like, that was so, I just, that was a dream come true. And when you're sober, you get to kind of bask in it. Yeah. And when you're drunk, it's a different appreciation because I've had those moments where you, I had uh, my first special ever shot. I did, I hadn't drank for like a month leading up to it. Mm -hmm. And then that night uh, we drank at my house. We all went back to my house and we, and I had a drink and I was like, ah, this doesn't, it's not turning the corner the way I wanted it right. to. Yeah. And when you, when you celebrate it sober and I've done a lot of those celebrating sober, especially lately, there is a like, like a, then especially in the next morning, with yeah. a cup of coffee where you're like, wow, I'm not, I don't feel sick. Yeah. I feel really good. See, I, I couldn't, and I, I don't, maybe I can one day, but I, I can't enjoy sobriety not knowing there's a tap out. Yeah. Like I, I, want I can't their, enjoy LA without knowing I can move back to New York. Like it's, there's yeah. certain things that like, might just not be for you. And maybe someday they will be, but yeah. it's like, it that's not the point. The point is, if you can enjoy sobriety on a daily basis, then, you know, that's it. Like, yeah. that's actually kind of how I've stayed sober. Like, for 16 years is knowing that I'm like, someday I could drink if I want to. That's that's what I needed. Like, I, I have a, a, a friend 
um, who is young, very young. I should let you know I'm related to him because it sounds creepy that I hang out with fucking 17 Yeah, yeah, that's that's better. But I have a friend who's <laughs> dealing with sobriety. He's been sober like six months and he looks great and he acts great and he's like really present. And I ran into him at one of my shows and we hung out and we talked. And and my uncles had knew I had not been drinking for a period of time. I was drinking that night. Yeah. Because uh, it was Philly. It was like DJ Jazz. It was a big fucking show. Yeah. And I wanted to drink. And so I was drinking and he talked to me about he goes, I can't do never, man. And I said, you don't have to do never. You have to do today. Like, that's just do today. Yeah. Get through today. And then deal with never tomorrow. Right. Or, or don't deal with it. Just, But know that, like, you look good. And you feel like, and I'm telling you, more present than you've ever been. And I'm really proud of you. And we're all proud of you. Yeah. And and, and that should carry you along. It, just let it last for a week. Yeah. And listen, you're you're young. If you get to 25 and you go, I want to start enjoying wine with dinner. That's something you can have, right. but you've earned that because you've done this and you know what this feels like. Yeah. I, I, my problem is I went through and I, I read a bunch of, or listened to a bunch of, uh, AA shit, mm-hmm. like especially online, but like most importantly, I listened to Matthew Perry's, uh, book. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't have that. Like, and I, I can say that wholeheartedly, yeah. thank God, I don't have that. Like, yeah. he, he, when he, the first, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, you should, re, you should definitely check out his book. It's fucking amazing. I have, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But when he talks about not being able to find the joy that everyone else was having in rehab and going like, I, I can't be happy. I don't, I just want the drugs. Yeah. And he could never turn off the party, meaning he, he didn't need anyone to be around. Right. He just wanted to be fucked up. Yeah. I need people around. I can't get fucked up by myself. I mean, I can. I've done it before. Yeah. But it's really fun. Yeah. But But it, I, I, I stop drinking when everyone goes home. Right. And I go to bed and I try to plan out my day for the mar- the next day. Um, but there's been times where I couldn't turn it off where I was like, I was like, I'm going to my, like on Sundays at comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah. six pack of Heineken from the bar at the Dayton Funny Bone back to the hotel. Right. And then have a few beers while I listen to fucking the Pixies and pack my bags. Yeah. So funnest. Yeah. The funnest. I know. I, I'm kind of like, here's the thing. When I say like, I, one day I could drink, you know, like those are on my worst. I only think about it like that on my worst days. Cause I, I'm an addict addict. Like I'll, I'll, I'll drink by myself. I'll drink with other people. It doesn't really matter. My, my love is alcohol. I don't yeah. care who's there. Really? Yeah. Oh, I care who's there. I don't. I, I'll, I'll just drink. I'll just drink. I just want to get drunk. Oh, na- right now, I care who's there. Like, yeah. I, like, there's people I won't drink with. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then there's people I- will say I love you to my worst enemy while I'm drunk. And oh. I'll punch my best friend in the face. <laughs> it's the weirdest. I, it's a full, like, Dr. Jekyll- Mr. Hyde. What is it? Mr. I don't know. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I, like uh, my dad came out over Christmas and I hadn't been drinking for like a long stretch. Wait, not gay. No, no. My dad came out over Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, now? Okay. But I was like, oh, I'm going to definitely have wine with my dad. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to have wine with my sisters. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to drink over Christmas. Uh, New Year's Eve, I didn't drink. I just was like, I didn't, it sounds funny, but the people drinking, I didn't want to drink with. Yeah. Like, I just was like, eh. Right. And so I didn't drink. I ended up having a fucking blast. Yeah. I had a fucking blast. I had a real, I had a couple epiphanies and I talk, no one should ever listen to me because my brain's broken (laughs) and my fixes are for Bert. 
Yeah. They work for Bert. And, yeah. and one day I'll die. I know that. Yeah. But my, like, uh, the other night on the plane, we flew back. We were, the whole family's on the plane. And we had horrible turbulence. Mm-hmm. Like, Isla was sweating. Yeah. Isla didn't like it. Yeah. And Isla is like, Leanne, she's dead inside. <laughs> and they, they knew I was going to drink. They, everyone, in the, all my family knew. I didn't drink for our whole ski trip. Mm-hmm. I, I was, and I had these great sober epiphanies. Really, like, getting up early. Being of service to my family, getting coffee, getting everyone breakfast, waking everyone up, getting everyone in their ski gear, getting the girls to lessons. They learn how to snowboard with Leanne. And, yeah. and then me getting on the mountain sober, not hungover, and, and doing like nine runs and then going to get Isla and me and her going. I loved it. I loved even waiting in line for the yeah. ski lift because I was like, this is what the vacation is about. We get on the plane, horrible turbulence, big trigger for me because I go, I don't need to feel the panic. I know I have, I have a drink, it goes away. Yeah. And I was going to have a drink and I, and I said to myself, but, but you know that you have a workout early tomorrow. Are you going to pay the, pay the fee now and then feel the taxes tomorrow? Right. Or what if you just, what if you just sit in this Yeah. and know that this hour and a half or hour technically, once we start going down for whatever reason, all my anxiety is gone. Once we start to, to land. Andy's like that too. Yeah. As soon as yeah. I hear, uh, we're starting our descent. Yeah. I'm like, we made it. We made it. I know that's that's when planes crash, but (laughs) at least at least we're close to the ground. I feel like I'll I'll make it. I can tuck and roll. Yeah. And then and then I said, I'm gonna pay the I'm gonna pay the tax and the fee right now. And I'm gonna sit in this uncomfortableness, knowing that tomorrow I'll feel amazing all day. Right. And so I I did that and I was like, and I felt really proud of myself. The other epiphany I had, I was I was gonna tell you this downstairs, is normally, and I said this to a friend. He was like, hey, are you drinking tonight? And I was like, no, I haven't been drinking. And he's like, how long? I go, I don't know. And he goes, well, you don't know? There's a guy that really drinks. And I yeah. said, yeah, I don't I don't know. He was like, wait, you always know exactly how many days you haven't drank. Yeah. And it, which is totally true. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he goes, count it. And he goes, what number do you think it is? I go, probably like four days. And he goes, count it. And it was 11 days. And I yeah. went, holy fuck. Yeah. I haven't drank in 11 days. Yeah. And I didn't notice it. It's because you're like more present. If you're just being more present, if you are, then you're not you are gonna... the millionth woman to say to me how present I am lately. Yeah, I'm so present that, like, I just you don't have to like you don't have to count how many days you've been so you're not because there's one way to look at it is like sure you're counting the the days that you haven't had a drink and that's great, but you're also kind of counting how many days until you can. Yeah, if you're if you think like, I mean, that's the way I think. Do you, you know? if they offered if they offered a facility where you could go under doctor supervision to drink with thirty of your favorite people and blow it out. I'm talking booze, fucking, and they monitor you, so you're not yeah. getting you're not doing any bad. I already know the answer is no. Really, I wouldn't do it. And then and then they and then they cleaned you up. They put you into a coma for two days. Wouldn't do it. Really, wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because I I look at what my sobriety has like gotten me to. Like where I was at when I quit drinking. Yeah. And what my life looks like now. And I have a daughter. And I I'm like, there's no fucking way I would trade this. Even my worst day sober yeah. is better, like a million times better. Than my worst day of drinking. Is it better than your or best than my best day? day. Oh, okay, my best, say, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. My best day drinking. Yeah. Like easily. Yeah. Easily, because even on when I would have 
what I would consider one of my best days drinking, mm -hmm. I would wake up the next day and someone would, there would be someone in my life that would never speak to me again. Really? Yeah. I was that, I was mean. I was really mean. I bet you were. I was so mean. I bet you were fucking, you're mean like <laughs> regular. I know. Like you've said things, we edited things out of the podcast last time we did that I still think of. And you go, I think we should take that out. That came out mean. And I was like, no, that's why I liked it. <laughs> I love, but I love, that's what I love about you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm mean, but, but the way that I was mean, like there's ex-boyfriends of mine that will speak to my family and not speak to me from high school. That's for, awesome. Like, that's crazy to me. I've never, I've never had the ability to be mean. I'm like, what did I say that was so mean that you won't speak to me since high school? <laughs> Like, I've been 16 years sober, and I've been on TV. Yeah, and they still won't talk to you? And you still won't talk to me? What the fuck did I do? Because I obviously don't remember. A woman can hurt you more than any man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've said things to Leanne. I've said mean things to Leanne. That's yeah. the only person that's ever gotten my meanness. Mm -hmm. Like, I've said things that if I brought them up, we immediately start laughing. She's like, and I stayed with you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember distinctly. Yeah. But that was when I was coming off Oxy. Oh, like, for I was, sure. Well, yeah, that's. I was uh, pretty addicted to Oxy and Valium. When? Uh, uh, probably. That's a fucking narrow escape. Yeah. She, she got me out of it. I didn't even realize how bad I was. Well, yeah, that's sort of the idea. You're on yeah. painkillers. I had been, I had dealt with PTSD I was dealing with PTSD and I didn't know it. So it was from, I apologize to all the military folk listening to this. It's from riding roller coasters. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I had, I was, I've been doing travel channel and I had been doing, you know, Leanne, Leanne I had PTSD. It there so was way better. too many trips to Disney world. Um, in my past, there was a thing that was happening. So like when I was at travel channel, I would do, Three every day I do three uh, life adventure uh, bucket list adventures. Mm -hmm. So like I had a day, I had one day where I rappelled off Table Mountain in South Africa, swam with great white sharks, and then jumped off a stadium. Yeah, in, in like within ten hours. Right. And so defending and your country, of course. Yeah, defending my country. Yeah. And I didn't like that shit. I don't like. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being in my hotel room in South Africa, shaking on the end of the bed shaking and i'd been drinking and i thought the drinking would calm it down no. and it wasn't and my heart was racing i yeah. remember my heart was 122 beats per minute and i was sitting on the corner of the bed and i called leanne and she was like you should take a bath and i go you think a bath's gonna fix this yeah like i'm fucking i think i should jerk off like i don't like yeah like and then and then i fell off a waterfall and i had a really traumatic experience uh like really traumatic within 24 hours of falling i had just that's when they gave me uh, Dilaudid for the first time, and 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 they gave me a prescription for OxyContin that I was um, that I I was to take every four hours. Oh my god! I was taking it every four hours, and then it was just it was like it was. Now I'm saying I'm sure the pan the the epidemic of pain pills was there. Yeah, but it was a little bit right around the time where everyone was realizing how dangerous they were. Yeah, and so they're giving me every four hours out of North Carolina, every four hours, and then Valium every four hours. So I was taking Valium every four hours. And uh, and by the way, the Oxycontin would run out at like three hours. It would, I could feel it run out. Yeah. And um, 
And I called Leanna. We were in North Carolina. I had a gig in Aspen that paid $25,000 on like a Friday night. This was Thursday, Wednesday morning when this happened. Yeah. I called Leanna and said, I'm pulling out of the gig. She was like, yo, we need that money. You're going to Aspen. Whatever you got to do, get yourself there. Isla and, George, Isla and Leanne flew out to Denver, met me in Denver, got me to Aspen. I did the show. I I was also I was drinking on these pills. Like I was also oh drinking. God, dude. And so, and I spent like a month on these pills, still injured. I, f- I fell off the waterfall like 20 feet onto my back. Jesus. Still injured. And I just was taking them. And I was taking them every four hours. I was just eating them like crazy. And then Le- we were supposed to go camping. And I remember Leanne was like, I woke up and she was standing next to my bed and she had the pills and she's like, you're done. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on one second. Let me get through. I just got a prescription refilled too. And I was like, let me get through camping because we're sleeping on the ground and I'm going to be uncomfortable. Let me get through camping. She was like, nope. She was like, you can drink, you can smoke weed, do whatever you want. You're done the pills. You're a different fucking person. And that weekend camping, I was a different person. Meaning like I was mean. Yeah. I was fucking I was secretive. I yeah. was I was everything you shouldn't be. I was right. all the bad things. But man, that that's com- so fucking scary. I had the same problem with fucking Xanax at one point. I had a side problem with that's Xanax. So fucking scary. Where she was like, "You got to get off Xanax. You got to stop taking Xanax." So I was taking them. I was taking them whenever I whenever I actually whenever I'd start drinking, I'd take a Xanax. Yeah, and like, oh, this will just cut my drinking in half. Dude, when I did IVF with Andy, mm-hmm. right? I walked in, I had the meeting like the, you know, before they did the surgery and I was like, just so you guys know, and I had mentioned it to my doctors before and they, they don't give a fuck. No. You, I, I was like, look, I'm an addict. I've been sober 15 years at this point. Um, you cannot give me fentanyl. You can't give me Oxycontin. You can't give me any power. I can get Tylenol, Advil, Motrin, whatever those are. But I was like, I can't get anything beyond that. Same for my C-section. I was like, I can't have really nothing. I said, I'll take Tylenol, Advil, Motrin. That's it. Really? And um, I woke up from my from IVF and I said, the first thing I said was, can I have fentanyl? And they gave me fentanyl. And then 10 minutes later, I go, can I have some more? And they gave me some more. And it was like, Andy was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. That's it. That's no more. That's yeah. it. You know? But it was like, they don't care. No. Like I had to, because of that, I walked into my C-section being like, if you guys give me this stuff, I will, I will find someone and sue because I've explained that I'm an addict. And if you give me, even if I ask for this shit, uh-huh. I cannot have it. Like they don't get that an addict will say, don't give me this and then ask for it. 10 minutes later. And it's a tough situation because they're doctors. And if you're in pain, they have to treat it. So it's a hard, like, but that's how this country, they, we still don't get that it's, it's its own disease. Oh, I still, to this day, when they go in and like, when I had my surgery or when I had my, for my elbow, they're like, how much pain are you in? And on a scale of one to 10, I was like, who says nine? Yeah. Everyone's, it's 10. What's yeah. the biggest thing you got? Right. And then double it. Like, yeah. I, but that that is my brain with those pills. Pills are so dangerous for me. Yeah. Because you can take them and no one sees it. Yeah. And then you feel better. Yeah. And and I 
I have, I've had friends who drink in private. Like they keep their drink away from everyone and, tr- and do it on the DL. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, oh, my drinking has got to be in front of everyone. You have to know how much I drank. Yeah. Because I can't, I, if I start doing that, we're fucked. Yeah. But, uh, but I do smoke weed in private. Like I don't smoke weed in front of people. It's just a weird thing. Right. Yeah. Like it's, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated with the impulse of addiction. Yeah. The impulse of, of Cat Williams says something really cool in his thing about why he's never done drugs. Like, I believe he's never done drugs. Mm-hmm. I kind of believe him. Um, he said that anything, when the devil takes your free will, he didn't want to be a part of anything. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a fuck. That's a fucked up moment. I felt it. I felt it skiing with my daughters because there were times when not sneaky, but like the girls would be taking lessons and Leanne would be with them mm-hmm. where I was free. And I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to have a beer. But it was a, it was a sneaky beer. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I'm going to go up to the, the chalet and have a beer and look at the mountain. Yeah. And then th- that beer always turned into three. Right. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to go back on the mountain. Yeah. But then once that, once that energy started, it was like, yo, we're drinking today. Yeah. Like we're in. We're, and, but it was never, it was never like, uh, it was, I was always adjusting my day around the drinking rather than the other way around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was always organizing my day around my drinking versus organizing my drinking around my day. Like, Well, that's interesting. You know? Yeah, I organize my day around my... I, I organize my drinking around my day. Yeah. So, like, I'm very, I'm very uh, specific on, like, I, if I have stuff to do, I can't drink. Yeah. But then there's things I go, well, that's a drinking thing. Yeah. So then we got to get shit done before the drinking thing. Right. So like like something's burning is a perfect example. Yeah. Usually I'll drink on something's burning. Yeah. Because it, it just makes the fucking thing funner. Yeah. And so I'll go, well, we got to get a bunch of shit crammed in before two o'clock mm-hmm. when we do our first something's burning. And then, I, and, then, and then if I know that if I have someone who's a bigger drinker, I try to put them in the back so I can have one drink with them. And then do real drinking then. Yeah. And so like, but I also like. I never I, had that. I never had that kind of like organizational capacity. Like it was like, or I guess I did, but it was the other way around where it was like, oh, well, I actually can't do that because I have to drink today. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, I won't drink before. If I have a spot, I won't drink before a spot. Yeah. Like I never I, did comedy drunk. I really, uh, I never did it. It's pretty fucking fun. I can't even fucking imagine. The shit you say. I can't even imagine. I'm like, if I started now, I don't know if I could ever go back to like doing it. I watched, I watched dudes. I watched dudes who drank so much on stage. They didn't know what to do with their hands when they did late night sets. Yeah. It was crazy. I remember one guy specifically who you could tell, he always had a beer in his hand on stage. Yeah. And when he did a set, he was like, you could see his left hand didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, That's I got bad. <laughs> I got very lucky the first time I ever to stand up with the guy. I grabbed a beer and this guy, uh, who by the way is a b- working comic. I think he has a huge podcast now called uh, Sh- uh, Schmoes No Movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian, I'm, f- I'm fucking is. I'm sorry, buddy. What? No, it's not Mark Ellis, but it's he's good friends with Mark Ellis. He was a, he was a comedy store comic. Uh-huh. Ra- random as fuck. Our first time doing stand up in Tallahassee. He's there. Yeah, and. Uh, and you grabbed a beer and I grabbed a beer and he stopped me and he said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And by the way, we're the same age. We're both 25, 20, maybe 20, he was 24. And he was like, cause if you do that now to get on stage, you're going to always need to do that to get on stage. Yeah. And I went, Oh, he goes, you should do it sober and take this like a job. 
Because if you're going to do this for a living, you should be able to do it sober. Yeah. And I didn't drink that night. And I had a blast. But you took I, your shirt off. I did not. <laughs> That's back when I performed with the shirt. I would know Really? Shirt, I know the shirt I wore because so I wore that shirt on stage for the first. I'm very ritualistic. Like, and, and my biggest, one of my biggest anxiety inducing things is what was I going to wear on stage? It used to make me fucking crazy. I've never been a ritual person. I've never, I don't like rituals. I don't like, I don't oh even like God. traditions. Really? No. I love traditions. I love rituals. I don't I have love- this, I shower the same way before I fly every day. Every really? Time I fly, every time I fly, I have the same exact way to shower. You know Andy won't jerk off before he flies? <laughs> he has like a, that's a ritual. He wants to take the whole team down? Yeah, he's like, he's at some, somewhere in his brain, he was like, if I jerk off, the plane's going down. I, I I identify with that. And he like will not jerk. I won't he, jerk off for a special. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's so odd to me. Yeah, I... I I guess I've just never... I am always just like... I'm not keeping track of my life as well as I could, but, I guess. To, uh, rituals are really relaxing. They can make you crazy. I have the same ritual. They I have don't so seem many, relaxing. I, Everyone I know that has rituals is very regimented and anxiety ridden. I used to <laughs> wear the exact same clothes every flight. Okay. Why? Exact same clothes. So, because it got it, it worked the first time. What do you mean it worked? I didn't die. That's I but could, that you don't you know that that's the pilot. You can find you can find pictures, I'm sure. Of, Wait, but Bert, same... you know that that's the pilot. No, when you it was say my that ritual, worked, <laughs> it was my ritual. Fucking fixed them, and everyone on the plane should. I used to think they owe me. They so owe when... me. Everyone on this plane owes me because I said prayers for all of us. I did. I got. I wore the same thing. Uh-huh. I got. I got on the plane the same way. I did the exact same thing when I get on the plane. I do. I touch the plane a certain way. So you think you're God, and your little outfits I are saving God, an entire plane. You are God in your own world, right? Like you are God. Mm. I I heard today was I'm it, starting to understand how you make so much money. <laughs> <laughs> but you are your own god. Like like when I die, the world ends. Yeah. So you are God. Like I like I get what you're saying. Like if you don't believe in death, you're gonna be right 99% of the time. And then one time you're gonna be wrong and you're gonna be like, oh fuck, I guess That's I was really wrong fucking about deep. You have been smoking weed. I well, I I'm I <laughs> I had a. I had. If you don't some, believe in death. You are going to be right ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah. Every time people die, you always go, "Oof, that was them." <laughs> that was crazy. I guess that happens to everyone but me. So when a plane goes down, you're like, "Should have worn the hoodie and the sweatpants." Uh, well, I've. I will. I will at this point. By the way, this is how crazy I am. <laughs> I. I like. I really have like like. Uh, I do the same thing every time before I fly. I squat down. Like like a catcher, I squat down in the shower. Yeah. I have to be covered in soap. Mm-hmm. I cover my entire body in soap, and then I squat down, and I, the first thing I say is, uh, "God, are we going to die today?" And I can see him shake his head no, and I go, "Are we going to live?" And he goes like, "Yes." I go, mm-hmm. "Let's get there." And so then we track our flight in my head. I track a safe uh, voyage in my head of the plane going from, and and I will have to redo it if I if I'm going out of Burbank. Like, I, I have to do it, because I'll do it out of LAX. I'll go LAX to Vegas, LAX to Vegas, LAX to Vegas. I go six free takeoffs. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, five, six. Get me there. One, two, three, five, six. Six safe landings. And then one more time for good luck. One, two, three. And then I circle myself 
in uh, <laughs> in in safety. I then circle my daughters, our animals, and Leanne. I circle our house. I do Cotty, her husband, and their two kids, their two dogs. I circle their house. I do my sister and her boyfriend. Circle their house. I do my parents. I circle their house. Uh-huh. I circle then the whole group of all of us, and then I come and end on me, and I circle me, and I land in the center of my head. And then I know I'm ready to fly. And then I, I, I say a prayer. I kiss my check, necklace front and back. And then I rinse off and I'm ready to fly. Oh my God. Have you told a doctor? No. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. You've never told a doctor no, this. No, no, no. That Bert, is pretty fucking crazy. Bert, when I said it out loud, it makes so much sense in my head. It's That's wild that you have the whole thing. Uh, first of all, the counting. Yeah. The the washing, the kissing the necklace front and back. And my, my whole body, including my toes, have to be covered in soap. Shampoo, and I soap every part of my body. You're like combining every kind of OCD into one yeah. ritual. Yeah. That's wild. And then I would put on a pair of fry boots, a pair of jeans. I wore these jeans to the concert the other day for the first time in 13 years. I haven't worn these jeans in 13 years. It's a pair of Gap boot cut six, uh, 1969 jeans. Yep. I wore. I remember those I would jeans. Wear, I would wear. I remember uh, my ex wearing those jeans. Oh, uh, they they uh, they still fit me. Yeah. They're really, they've changed jeans. This is all true classics. Yeah. And they've changed jeans. Jeans are stretchy now, and they're so much more comfortable. They're so great. They're so much more comfortable. I'm so glad they made stretchy jeans for men. Oh, f- I I can't imagine they'd ever go back. You would never. There's yeah. no reason to ever go back. Um. I would wear that. And then there was a company out of Philadelphia that made shirts that were the bag tags. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. So to have the call letters of the like ATL and then it would be the ticket. It was, I'd wear those shirts and a gap sweatshirt with a vest. Yeah. And I would fly in that every fucking day. Every fucking flight was in one, that outfit, a variation of that outfit, all through Travel Channel, all through Young Touring. And then, and then, and then Segura called me and I, I was really weird with rituals in that you could get me out of my ritual, but you had to convince me. Yeah. Segura called me and I was gaining weight and he was like, are you still wearing jeans on your flights? I said, yeah. And he goes, have you ever thought about sweatpants? And I said, no. And he goes, you should, I'm going to send you a pair. And he sent me a pair and I tried them because he, he let me and I've never been back to jeans. Okay. Since that day, I've never been back to jeans and now I just find. But were you freaked out on that flight? Mm-hmm. Terrified. It went down. No, no, no. I lived. <laughs> I lived. I lived. I lived. I've had, I've had, I, I can, like, I can I tell you. And I switched to pe- sweatpants and the plane went down. I can tell you, I can tell you there has only been one time I didn't do all my rituals. There's only been one time that I've flown and I didn't do my rituals. And what happened? Uh, it was actually one of the best flights of my life. Okay. It was, it was, we were in Ireland. I was with, we used to do this for Jameson and I got fucking wasted that night. And I woke up like 30 minutes late for the bus to leave. Yeah. And I didn't have time and I hadn't packed. And I went in the shower and I was like, I don't have time for it. I was like, fuck it. I got to go home. I guess I'm going to die. Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, I just started drinking. Did this all happen before? Let me ask you this. Did this happen before you had kids? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I I never, I've never been a nervous flyer ever. Never worried about it. Was always just kind of like, if I die, I've had a good run, whatever. I, when I said goodbye to Andy and Minnow, I was like, I'm gonna, I had to hurl myself into the fucking Uber. First of all, I had to throw my, Andy was like, get out, go. Like, you gotta go. The Uber's waiting. I was like crying on her face. Her face is all fucking wet. I hurl myself into the Uber. And as I'm leaving, 
I was like, because I haven't felt this kind of emotion before in my life, yeah. I was like, I'm going to die. I was like, I'm going to die today. That's, mm-hmm. why I'm, that's why I'm so sad. Oh, and wow. it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, I just had a kid and maybe it's opened my heart a little bit. I was like, if I'm getting this emotional, I'm probably going to die. Yeah. That's, it was like really horrifying. Well, because there are people that, like there's people that didn't want to get on the plane at 9-11. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I started thinking about them. And I was like, this is it. I think about them all the time. I think about them all the time. Yes. There was someone going, there, I don't know, man. There was, there was someone that was like, there's a lot of brown people on this flight. There was someone that thought that. Yeah. And then, and then as they hijacked, it was like, I should have listened. <laughs> I should have fucking, I got off a plane. There's people that were worried about getting to work on time. I got off a plane in Amarillo. I didn't get off off. Yeah. I, this is when I was worst at my flying. The worst was when I first started headlining and I was flying a lot. And I flew into Amarillo. There was a club called the Amarillo Comedy Club that Casey, uh, I forgot, Stacy Stacey Moran owned uh-huh. the Moran brothers, Kevin Stacy and uh, I forget the other guy's name. And um, I had partied. I didn't, this is when I didn't realize that alcohol was not good for you the next morning with anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I partied really hard, barely got any sleep, got to the, got to the airport and didn't, and the bars were closed and I was like, oh fuck. And so I got on the plane sober and I, I was like, you're going to die. This plane's going down. This plane's going down. Yeah. This plane is going down. Holy fuck. Don't die. Don't you get off, get off right now. Right. Get off. And I said, fuck it. Fuck it. You don't need to be home. It's an early flight. Get a later flight. This plane's going down. And then I got up and I grabbed my bag and the flight attendant's like, sir, can I help you? I said, I'm getting off the plane. And she said, hey, we're, we're getting ready to taxi. If you just take your seat. And I was like, I'm getting off this plane. And the pilot said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm your pilot, Todd Bray. And I went, hold on. I grew up with the Todd Bray. I go, is it Todd Bray's a pilot? And I go, is the captain's name Todd Bray? And she goes, yeah. I go, is he young? She goes, well, he's not. Yeah, he's young, but he's not, he's not old. He's not young. And I yeah. went, oh, okay. And I sat down and I go, it's my buddy flying the plane. I'm going to be fine. It's Todd Bray. Yeah. And I sat down and I took the flight and we landed. It was a different Todd Bray. <laughs> I almost got off that flight. That's I'm really, psychotic. am crazy. Now that I think about That's it. That's psychotic. I really am fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't think I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think. You have like. OCD. I mean, I'm not uh, a doctor, but that's yeah. fucking oh, yeah. for real OCD. Oh yeah, but it's it's fine. Okay, like, so you've known this isn't like something Leanne was like, the first po- person to point out that I had OCD. I, I I think I my daughters have it too. To a small, I used to put booby traps around the house. Cool. Like hang skateboards on door handles for fun. No, so that if someone broke into the house, I'd hear that. Okay, but did it ever like hurt your kids? <laughs> no, but <laughs> if I ever. Walked in the front door of my house and a skateboard fell on my head because my dad was trying to protect the family. I would call a lawyer I, myself as I, a as a minor. I'd call one of his friends. But if you're not safe, one day you die. Like that's how my brain works. I go, you die any anyway. No, but you. I one don't day die you will the, die anyway. I don't want to die at the hand of not being prepared. But you could die because a skateboard fell on your head from a booby trap that you that you set up. I would set booby traps up around <laughs> the house on every door, every door. Okay. Every door 
had a skateboard on it. Okay, Kevin McAllister. I would. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so I, it sounds weird when you say it out loud. You're like, oh, this is really crazy. <laughs> like, but I can't help it. Like, it, it it does that with working out too. There's like a bucket with like hot oil and <laughs> yeah. feathers, and just like a basket of feathers. They should make that fucking movie. Of uh, they did. I guess it's, Home Alone too. Yeah. Lost no, in New York. Just a bunch of OCD, like a, like some villains try to break into an insane asylum, and it's all people. That it's all people. Being, yes, yes. And they're like, oh, we've actually been waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. Or just a second, or just like a remake of Home Alone, where the end, Kevin McAllister gets treated <laughs> for severe OCD. And- oh, the worst, the worst I ever, my OCD ever got. Oh, this is the worst. Uh, and this was when it, I was powerless to it, and I and I. Like, out of all the times in my life where, like, I talk about, like, you know, the Oxy and, and Xanax and... Yeah. But even fully loaded when I was partying at my most. Yeah. The one time I was truly out of control was I had a one-night stand. My only one-night stand I've ever had. Uh, maybe I had two. But, like, legit one-night stand. And I convinced myself I had every venereal disease in the world. <laughs> and it... Rosebud, if you think I'm crazy now... Every night ended with me smoking a joint, drinking uh, 40 of uh, 8-Ball with my dick and balls in a bowl of white vinegar (laughs) watching watching Quantum Leap every night. Okay, well, that's just how you cure a yeast infection. So I've been there. (laughs) Well, that, because I didn't, and then I got so bad. I got so bad because I was obsessed. I I became obsessive about it that I... I would look at my dick and balls maybe, I'm not even joking, maybe 80 times a day. Yeah. I would just go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom. And then I started putting all these home remedies. This is the internet wasn't big then. It was right when I moved to New York. Right. The internet wasn't what it is today. So, so you're just like taking out books from the library. I was spraying Tenactin on my dick and balls every fucking day, probably 20 times a day. That burns, right? It burned so bad. <laughs> By the time I got to a doctor, he was like, whoa, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm soaking it in white vinegar every night for about an hour. And covering it. And covering it in Tenactin. And I've tried some other home remedies, like baking soda and white vinegar. Like, and he was like, for what? And I go, I think I got something. And he goes, you're giving it to yourself. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I have something. And he was like, I, I, all I see is a lot of trauma to the area. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, do I have something? And he was like, he goes, no. He's you like, you have nothing. <laughs> like, but you're you're killing yourself right now. Yeah. And my grandmother gave that day. I went to the doctor and I came home. And my grandmother gave me this necklace with Saint Jude on it. And patron saint of what? Lost causes. Oh God. Yeah. And saint like your Jude. venereal disease. And well, I was a lost cause. I was a lost cause. I was hopeless. I had no fucking end in sight. My grandmother sitting on my dad's like out back my dad's house she's drinking vodka on the rocks Mm -hmm. and she's and randomly no one knew i was going through this i went to my mom's dermatologist that day and he was like you gotta let it go you gotta let it go he was like i think what you're dealing with is like a little obsessive compulsiveness i was like no it's something real right he was like it's in your head he goes you gotta let it go (laughs) and and so i went home and my grandmother's drinking vodka on the rocks and she said did you tell her that you had burned your dick and balls off? I didn't off? tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. And that was like part of my secret was yeah. that I wasn't telling anybody. Yeah. Like I, and it was like festering. Yeah. And it's all I could think about. Oh. 
And I said, my grandmother goes, I feel like you're, I feel like you're lost. And I was like, grandma, you have no fucking idea. <laughs> and she, she didn't know what I was talking about. Your dick is, yeah. <laughs> your dick is underneath, just <laughs> covered in tenactin. Tell her what you're doing to me. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming at you. <laughs> I was so bad. I was so bad. Your dick is like, he's lost. <laughs> he's killing me. Yeah. He's fucking killing me. <laughs> and I, I, my grandmother said, I feel like you're lost and I want to help you. And I was like, grandma, there's no help for this. I was drinking with her. Yeah. And she said, uh, she said, I got you something. And she gave me, uh, I have, I have actually stopped the card, gave me the card for St. Jude and gave me the necklace. And she goes, wear this. She said this. It's so funny. I still think about this. She goes, even if you're making love, keep it on. <laughs> keep it on. He protects you. He's the pay. And I, by the way, every time I, my necklace hits Leanne, I think of my grandmother. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm having sex with Leanne. I think of my grandmother. Oh, I my swear God. To God. I swear to God. Oh, my God. I swear to God. And you think of your grandmother calling you a lost cause. No, she, her going, keep it on. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she said, she goes, anytime you feel lost. And I was like, Grandma, you have no idea how many times that is a day. Yeah. She goes, anytime you feel lost, turn the prayer card around, say a prayer to St. Jude to help you find your way. And I was like, Grandma. She was like, do it. Anytime you start feeling lost, you say a prayer to St. Jude, read the prayer, and... By the first, by that night, I had the prayer memorized. I'd said it so many times. So I was like, all right, anytime I want to look at my dick, I'm going to pull out the card. I'm going to read the prayer. And I said, and I had the card memorized. I went to a widespread panic concert that weekend. I went back to New York. And by the time I got back to New York, I was cured. I was like, fine. Can I just say that the advice that you got from your grandparents... Is so different from any advice that I got from anyone in my family. What like was, the advice, advice that I would get from my grandma. <laughs> I think one of the things that I was told was if you want to, if you want to know if somebody's lying, just let them talk, which was like, that's not advice that I need. I'm like eight. You know what I mean? But they would give me like interrogation advice, like interrogating your enemies. Yeah. But it was never like, hey, pray for this, or like, this will protect you. It was always like, if somebody's lying, look them in the eyes and just let them talk. They'll expose themselves after a certain period. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I came into the world like with the weirdest set of tools, <laughs> like, like nothing I can use. Yeah. That's crazy. I It was I, like the fucking 48 Laws of Power kind of shit. It was, like, it was just in uh, the movie Flowers Over the Killing Moon. Yeah. When he goes, you're not a blackbird chirping, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Helix. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how are you going to know which Helix mattress works best for you and, and your body? Very simple. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz, find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. And if your spine needs a little extra TLC, they've got you covered. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. I'm telling you, there's nothing better in life than looking forward to going to bed. I got to be honest with you. There are people 
who I think ruin their lives because they have a fear of going to bed. And if you have the perfect mattress for you, going to bed is that much more exciting. The feeling of getting your mattress, whether it's for a nap, which I love naps, and kicking your feet and and pumping your fists and smiling and going, yes, I'm here. That is the best feeling in the world. And Helix gives you that. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash bird and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Do you know Kevin Iso? Uh-uh. I don't think so. I really love to see, like... Who's Kevin Iso? Kevin Iso is a comic. He's a New York comic. Pull him up. I might I might, I might, might follow him. I follow really, a lot he of... Just, I think he just went on the road with Ari for a little while. Oh, really? But he's one of the funniest motherfuckers. And he, he literally sent me... He sent me a text of myself from, like, two years ago on my way here to LA. And he, he goes, this is from before you got fat. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I hope you drown. <laughs> like, he's just, he's one of the funniest guys I know. And I feel like you'd really. I already love rich trans kids. This joke is great. Really? We play it? Can we hear it? Oh, by the way, by the way, take a pivot. So everyone knows your grandfather was uh Senator or something? Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Yeah. <laughs> My uncle mm-hmm. was, uh, it was a really big uh, lobbyist. Yeah. Um, and I texted him before this started. I just thought this would be cool to share with you. Um, I said, you knew James Baker, right? And he wrote, yes, for years. He's probably the most gifted public servant of the last quarter century of the 20th century. Most importantly, he's a truly decent man, always kind, always generous. Yeah. Isn't that cool to hear about someone you're related to. Yeah. I'm <laughs> the other day. Say I'm sitting with his dumb granddaughter right now. Oh, hold on. Fuck. Hold Say on. she's mentally handicapped. And I'm mean. good friends with his granddaughter. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't voice text it. <laughs> I'm good friends with his granddaughter, who is a hilarious comedian. So nice to hear these words. I texted, uh, some guy texted me and he was like, hey, you're going to be in. (laughs) I put this on my stories. He goes, hey, you're going to be in uh, Stockton uh, in January. I would love to bring the Diaz brothers and some friends to your show. Would that be cool? Yeah. And I voice texted, absolutely. And it translated Jesus Christ. I'm so lonely. <laughs> Did you just leave it? I couldn't. I couldn't. I would have just left it. I, I'm so lonely. <laughs> you can't you can't correct that because because honestly, it just, you have to just leave it. You, Bert, you should have just left it. I'm so lonely. And just see what, so is that a yes? <laughs> I, I, you just I, let the person deal with that information. I fucking, the best part of the whole fucking thing was I texted, hold on, this is even funnier. I texted Tommy that day. I texted Tommy and... Hold on. Oh, fuck. I texted Tommy, and he wrote back, 
Hold on, this is so good. Oh fuck! I texted. Oh, hey, are we gonna hang out on the twenty third and twenty fourth in Austin? I fly in. I drive in on the twenty second. I'd love to spend some time with you. And then he wrote, "I'm so fucking lonely." <laughs> I I couldn't stop laughing. I, I, That's I just, so funny. I take, I, I love when boys. Do you, do you tell the story on stage? No, no. That's so good. I want to. There's. Uh, I'm I want, so I'm, fucking lonely. I'm so fucking lonely. I'm gonna respond to every text <laughs> you ever send with "I'm so fucking lonely." I I'm trying to write shorter jokes. I'm trying to write shorter, quick jokes. Uh, right now, that's like the my process is I do the big, yeah, big stories, and then I try to hammer in a bunch of uh, little jokes. Yeah, and um, I had I. Louis one time said, uh, I love to go back to my old joke books. I've lost a lot of old joke books, which I fucking stay up at night thinking about this shit I wrote and those things. Yeah. Um, but I found uh, there was a period of time. I don't know what, I thought I had a brain tumor, but I was having wild fucking dreams. Wild fucking dreams. Yeah. And I was recording them every morning. They were that crazy. They were, and I have 35 of them that I found yesterday in an old computer. And I clicked on one. And it was a dream. And I can't believe I had this dream because it was so, it was, this is how crazy my brain was when I was sleeping and my dreams I was having. I had a dream and I want to turn this, I want to do this into a bit or or like really tighten it into like a four sentence, a four word sentence that is the bit. But uh, I had a dream one time that I was on stage in front of an audience, candle lit uh, front stage, right? Yeah. Old school. And I look over and there's four dude, dudes in clan outfits. And then I look down and I realize I'm in a clan outfit, but my <laughs> mask is up so you can see my face. And everyone in the audience is black. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> oh my God. And all of a sudden a voice goes, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the click clack clan. And we all started tap dancing. No. I swear to God. I swear to God. What the fuck? And I had a dream. I, 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 it's it's more creative than I, I really am. That I had a dream that I was in the Click Clack Clan and we were a tap dance group and we were so fucking good. And as we were tap dancing, our robes were like, like waving up and down and the place was mesmerized. They were mesmerized. And uh, I've, <laughs> That's crazy. I had... I had I had wild dreams. I haven't listened to all of them. I had wild dreams. I had one dream. This is the dream that, well, I had one dream that really fucked me up. It was the dream that started it. It was about my buddy killing himself. And I woke up sobbing, crying. Woke up sobbing. I started crying asleep. Isn't that crazy? That actually happened to me like two weeks ago. Wait, what was your dream? I think it was my mom died. My mom died and I had to, it was like an assisted suicide. And I had to help my mom kill herself. How? I don't know. All I remember is there was like a plug, even though that's not how it works. Like you have yeah. to be on life support to. Oh, they don't actually reason, pull the plug. I think with assisted suicide, <laughs> it's not. There's no plug, right? Wait, do they click a switch? I don't know. I feel like you have to be on life support to for an unplugging to occur. Yeah. I feel like assisted suicide. There's like a needle involved or something. But in this dream. <laughs> She, well, it's really more of a nightmare since I woke up sobbing, but she was, 
full, she was, I, she was like on life support, even though she was, maybe it was just like she was plugged in and that meant she was alive. Yeah. So I unplugged, but I had to say goodbye to her. And I think it was like, you know, people talk about pregnancy dreams. I never had a single dream when I was pregnant. Really? No, because I've been sleep deprived for like five years. Yeah. So I just don't dream. I'm like too tired to form a new memory and I don't dream. Oh, my dreams are fucking awesome. I wish I had dreams, but I had this and I woke up full sobbing, screaming. And it's, it's like the worst feeling in the world. Oh, ooh. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then oh. I kept going back to sleep and I couldn't get out of the dream. I kept like going back into it. I had a dream one time. Stacy, you guys know Stacy. It works for us. You remember Stacy? Yeah, 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 Fully loaded. Jewish. Yeah. Uh, kind of frizzy hair. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I, I, she was logged in my brain as Jewish with yeah. frizzy hair. Yeah. Very Jewish. Yeah. Very Jewish. Yeah. And so she, um, <laughs> she, uh, I had a dream one time where she was in our office at our old company we worked for mm -hmm. and she was at her cubicle and she stood up and she goes, is anybody going to temple? And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, hey, Anybody going to temple? And I was like, Stacy, calm down. She's like, stop. Is anybody going to temple? Are we going to temple? Oh and so I walked over to her. You got a lot of fucking race-related <laughs> anti-Semitic oh, dreams. It gets here. worse. Oh, my God. Bert. And so, listen, if you're pro-Israel, stop listening now. And so <laughs> we, I go over to Stacy and I go, Stacy, you got to calm the fuck down. And all of a sudden, a dude in khakis and a white shirt stands in between us. Yeah. And he goes, hey. Wake up. You'll get it. And I wake up. And uh, Stacey at the time was pregnant with her first son, Daniel. And uh, I go to tell Leanne my dream. She goes, I don't want to hear your stupid fucking dream. Yeah. And so I call Stacy, And it's early. She's got kids. She'll be up. Or she, no, she just had Daniel. Yeah. And so I go to call Stacy, And as the phone rings, she goes, hello. Our cat walks in the room and goes, <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! My 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 brain had heard the cat and it just translated to a, a, a Jewish chick going, "Is anybody going no. to temple?" <laughs> yeah, Bert. I have, but I I'm, I found thirty five of these dreams, and by the way, they got. And you're like, and I'm, by the way, I'm going to tell you every single one on the podcast. I'm I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to listen like, so to all the of them. For the third dream, but it's funny is that you start listening to a dream and then you go, "I remember having the dream." I don't I remember love, anything like I that. I think there should be a podcast because I listen to podcasts while there I sleep. There should absolutely not be a podcast for this. A hundred percent. No. Hear me out. You haven't heard my pitch. I, it may, it actually made pitch. me almost choke on my own spit. But go ahead. The, <clears throat> the, dream, the dream podcast would be a podcast where very soothing voice, one of the guys who does my history's Yuck. podcast, and he's like, uh, and, and they, they get you relaxed. They calm you down. They then kind of like right around the time you would should fall asleep, like five minutes in, they start going in and out of talking or it's moments of silence. So you fall asleep. And then once you're asleep about seven minutes in, they go, all right, we're in. Now, real quick, you're in a room full of weapons. Which weapon will you pick? Around you is a mace, a sword, a knife, a gun. Pick wisely. We're fighting dragons tonight. This is the most horrifying and thing then, I've ever And heard. then you are in there. So- I had a dream. There's nothing relaxing about you trying to pick a sword and a gun and a knife. And then, but then they guide your dreams. And then you do product placements inside. The reason I came up with this Jeez, is because I, I'm tired of talking. I, <laughs> <laughs> I took, I took, I had a, uh, I, 
one time we're on the road and I was getting sick and they gave me a bunch of NyQuil and put me in a hotel room. And I woke up and as I woke up, I was like, I'd listen to a podcast, a history podcast. And I was like, I fucking want a Pop-Tart. And I ordered like nine boxes of Pop-Tarts to be delivered to my house. Yeah. I was like, fucking Pop-Tarts. I've been sleeping on Pop-Tarts. They're fucking great. That night I get in the bunk and get ready to go to bed. I put on the history podcast. It's a history of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I had listened to a dreaming and woke up wanting a Pop-Tart. And I was like, fuck, man, that's product placement. If true classic you're really hypnotizing people. if true classic really wants to sell you out gear, they should sell it to you while you're sleeping in your dreams. Yeah. Real quick, in this room is a sword. But first, put on your true classic cashmere sweater. <laughs> it's soft to the touch. It's just as good as any cashmere, but it's form-fitting. You look good in the nice soft gray with the stretchy pants. We'll need stretchy jeans in this but, dream. But my question to you is: do you listen to podcasts that yes. actually relax you i listen to i listen to podcasts. i can't i get infuriated when i hear a soft calming voice on a podcast i've only been infuriated at one podcast and it really shined back on how bad of a podcaster i am because i don't let people finish stories like i interrupt people and i tell my story even when they tell their story i tell i try to like go story but that's kind of just like the flow of a conversation it's just it is i listen to with love i say this with love i say this uh-huh I listened to a podcast on the plane that gave me an anxiety attack. It was Legion of Skanks with Martin Scrilly. Oh, I haven't I haven't listened to that. It's it well, it's a great podcast because it's funny, but I was really curious about Martin Scrilly. Yeah. And they'd ask a great question. And then whatever he said, the whole room would tag, you know, Big J. Right. And fucking everyone's in there. Shane was on it. Yeah. Every, uh, Dave, Dave, uh, every, I saw a clip Dave, from it. Dave Smith's on it. Yeah. And so they tag with like fucking nine, because they're playing for the audience. Right. So it, was a, it was a live podcast. So they're playing for the audience. So they're getting laughs, but I wanted to hear Martin Scrilly's answers. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, that's what all my podcasts sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why am I, what, I need to just go do Legion of Skanks. Yeah, yeah, Because I'm yeah. good at interrupting too. Well, that's what, that's what stand-ups do, is we talk yeah. over each other because we're waiting to get a bit off. You know what I mean? But I feel like, but, which by the way, I do want to show you this joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, not yeah, my yeah, joke, yeah. but I want to show you this joke. All right. Um, I'm, before I forget. Kevin Iso. Kevin Iso. Every time I see a, a, a teenager transitioning and their parents be cool with it, I just be like, oh, y'all must be rich as fuck. That's, <laughs> that's the only thought I have. Because I know my dad would have never let me transition into a girl while I still had boy clothes to fit. <laughs> he been like, so you ain't think to tell me you was feeling this way before I bought all these LeBron James jerseys? <laughs> the Dwight Howard jerseys is right there. I could have just got them, but you want to sit there and play. <laughs> That's He's fucking so good. great. He's so good. There's nothing better than like Kev's fucking awesome. Great, like young stand-ups who like uh, I was on the bus with the I forget who I was with. Like I, Moses Storm, I enjoy watching him perform mm -hmm. in a in a in the same way that I enjoyed watching Chappelle when I was young. Mm -hmm. Where I go, whoo. His brain's not tethered. Yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, yeah, And he's doing things that he doesn't know. He doesn't know what boundary he's pushing in front of these people. He doesn't even realize that's a boundary to them. Yeah, yeah, And he yeah. just is fearless. I love watching. He said, he one time, he did this show either in like Toronto or Vancouver, and he did something on stage that was so wildly unpredictable that it was tough to follow. And, and, and they're my audience. Yeah. And I, and then at the end, he came up to me and he was like, 
He was like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry that I did that. Like, I didn't want to fuck up the vibe. Like, even he noticed that, like, yeah. it was tough to follow him. And I was like, and he's like, I won't do that again. I go, no, 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 no. That's what I fucking love. Yeah. Like, if I, if I can't follow it, that's on me. That's not on you. You do you the best you can because that's what I enjoy watching. Well, you brought Daniel on the road, right? He's so fucking funny. He was the one that introduced me. He's the one that introduced me to. He's the one that introduced me to the comic that I just told you about. He named all the comics. Yeah, he's impossible to follow. Impossible. I like at the cellar when those short sets and shit. Like you go up after Daniel. I I one time, (laughs) I one time watched a comic go up after Daniel and get so mad at how badly they were doing. Wait, it was Andy. It was Andy. He went. (laughs) He did so. He got so mad. At how badly he was doing, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to talk like this? Like, he got, he, like, lost it. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I said was, to Daniel, I, like, Daniel, someone, so when we funny. talk about, like, just, just straight joke writing. Yeah. He's such a great joke writer. Incredible I said, joke I said to him, writer. I go, I want to know about your family. I want to know about the village you grew up in. He goes, I didn't grow up in a village. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, for real? Because I assumed you grew up in a fucking With yurt. that sing-songy accent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, he, and But he is so fun to hang with. Yeah. Because his he's he was really curious about, like, everything. And, he and you know, he's... You know, he, like, won an award uh, in Europe that was, that, like, he would have been set like he never had to come to America. He could he won some award in Europe where like if you win it you're you're made. Your career really? is made. And he took that award and just moved to New York and just started over. Like he's that good of a comic where it's like he just loves comedy. He wants to get really fucking good and it fucking shows. Do you know how that started with him is we he was at he was at, in Vegas at the cellar. When we were doing Vegas. Oh, yeah? And someone was like, uh, have you ever seen Daniel Sloss? And I was like, no. And they're like, you should bring him out. He's really funny. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we'll have him do like 10 minutes. Yeah. And he came out for Fully Loaded in Vegas. And he was so good. I was like, dude, whatever date you want, yeah. we'll bring you out for any of them. And he was like, I wouldn't mind going through your last one. <laughs> and so we brought him out for fu- The Gorge. He's, yeah. He's really talented. There's so many talented comics yeah. right now that, what? Daniel Simonson. Simonson, Daniel yeah, Sla- yeah. Who's Daniel Sloss? Daniel Sloss is a uh, he's he's another great comic. He's um, from where Ireland is he? From? England, England. I know Daniel Sloss. I know Daniel Sloss very well. Scotland, yeah, I thought so. Okay, I so. know Daniel Sloss very well. Yes, those v- fucking the European comics are so. There's so Daniel many Sloss funny is comics. one of the first comics that gave me like a, a chance to like open for him, like do a set. He was just one of those comics where I was like, oh shit, I want, I really want him to like my set. Yeah, he's, man, it's like, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because you see all these great comics and then every now and then you see like a stinker put out a special. Yeah. And you go, ah, there should be some threshold. Because, you know, like there should be some. But that's the thing. It's like, you get these like people that don't, they do the first draft every time and the first draft works because there's, there's people that are like, yeah, I love that. That's funny. But they they don't, and it doesn't matter. I'm not saying like you should be a comedy snob or anything. Like it's like no. comedy's for whoever. Comedy's for whoever laughs at it. Yeah. Whatever whatever make, makes you laugh. Like there's people I love, I really enjoy watching that people aren't fans of. And yeah. And I go, oh, I, that's so funny. I don't get that. Yeah. But I feel like um, there's so many of us that are, that try to go a little deeper. You know what I mean? Yeah. That try to like, get to the next 
level of it. I, I, I always try to get to at least like a, a third draft of a joke because I'm not somebody that like the, you know, I don't come off with like the most brilliant shit right away. I go like, and I, or even the last iteration of it, but, <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. like a tell where it's like he says something. What was it? He was like talking about outdoor dining in New York. And he was like, I feel like I'm in a manger. <laughs> and it's like, that's fucking so funny right off the, you know, but he, he is, uh, he's my favorite. Yeah. Without a he's doubt. He's everybody's favorite. He's, he's my like, favorite, favorite. He's so good. Yeah. I love a tell. I love, man, I love that. I don't know. My favorite part about comics is the when this ends, the gossip sesh we do. I love that too. I know. I, know. I love that too. <laughs> like it's been so fun. To, like when I ran into Fluffy, I ran into Fluffy at uh, the Eagles. We were both at the Eagles and we're in the Forum Club, like which is you know the, you're looking for celebrities, but yeah. then and but there weren't any real celebrities. I mean, there were, but they've aged out, so I can't tell who they are anymore. Yeah. And then Fluffy walked in. And I see him and I go, oh, I'll say hi. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, did you see the Cat Williams interview? And I was like, oh, oh, I'm done talking to everyone for the night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then me and him just gossiped for yes. like fucking 15 minutes. And I was yeah. like, I was like, buddy, the line for tacos is long. I will talk to you all night long if you don't get in that line right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, uh, yeah I no, love. There's like a, there's a thing where if I see a comic somewhere, it's like e even a comic that I don't like. Yeah. If I, if there's a comic in a place that I don't want to be, or even in a place where it's like I just don't know anybody, I'm like it's a breath of oxygen. Yeah, I'm just like oh thank God. Even during the the pandemic, I missed being around comics I didn't like. <laughs> I missed watching comics whose acts I fucking hate. I yeah, those are kind of refreshing. You know what I mean? Where I was like, what? Where I'll just be in the back and just going like, ugh, <laughs> yuck. You know what I mean? And I just missed that. Even <laughs> like it gave me that appreciation for that. One of the favorite things, and we'll wrap this up because I know that we have food downstairs. Nice. But one of my favorite things is, and I think this is the blessing I get my takeaway from whatever I've done. Like I, I laid in bed the other day and I was like, is all of it worth it? Is my ambition worth it? Because I'm, I am very ambitious. I don't think, I think maybe people see that exteriorly, but I don't think they see it internally about how ambitious I am and how much. I want to do things that people haven't done and I want to do big things. And Fully Loaded is a direct representation of that for me. Yeah. But my favorite fucking thing is that my daughters and my wife intimately know you and Stavi and Big J and yeah. like they know you guys. I mean, when you had the baby, I think Isla yelled it downstairs rosebud had her baby oh and then my Leanne's god like, what? she's like she posted a picture hold Dude, on stop it and, you're and gonna so, make me cry and so like it but it's the best part is that my favorite people yeah. my favorite humans to be around and the people i choose to sit next to at, a, at an airport bar yeah. the people i i want i get excited to see are people my daughters and my wife know intimately yeah that's my favorite part of this entire career yeah it's the best so thank you for doing my podcast. Dude, thanks for having Congrats me Congrats on, on the baby. Man, um, fuck you for making me like tear up at the end. No, Jesus Christ. My uncle replied and said, I'm so happy. My uncle wrote, I'm so glad to hear of your friendships and her success. Her, her grandfather is a great man. Oh my God. Damn. You should text your grandfather and be like, do you know Jerry Cassidy? <laughs> no, 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 don't, no, no, don't. You'd be like, that fucking pig. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do it. 
Well, uh, thank you for doing my podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. I love you to death. I love you too. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.